0: Welcome to another inspirational My Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Julie Davidson. To find out more about My Church, visit mychurchcanada.com. All right, so I just can't wait to be king is this series that we're in, and I'm excited because Caleb is back next weekend. I'm excited for so many reasons, um, so many reasons, but I know, that he and Pastor Colin are having, <laughs> you got, woo, woo. <laughs> no, I'm thinking, I don't know. Matt, did you get that little video? You got it, okay. I just hope your week was better than mine because it's been quite interesting. So I know we began last weekend with, with a story. <laughs> Judah, just, yeah. Well, it continued, guys. This is, I don't know, Tuesday morning, I believe. It is not a murder scene. Okay though it looks like when that was my daughter. I just again I had to share. I hope it was better than that, but this is why I'm hoping Caleb comes home cuz this is just what happens when your husband leaves or your wife leaves. Isn't that right? They leave and it all goes wrong. But it's okay. He's coming back, but he is today right now. He is on the Jesus trek. Like he is walking where Jesus walked. Like he's they're taking him like all day. They're going to eat on the way, they're going to cook, you know, food along the side of the path, and he's going to see all of the places where Jesus did many of his miracles. He's already been in Nazareth, where he saw all kinds of places that are so significant, and he was in, there's all kinds of ways to say it. He says it Capernaum. Other people said it's Capernum. It's there's so many different ways. I don't know. It's apples and oranges. Is that the saying? No, it's not at all. There's only one way to say oranges, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he's having the most incredible time. He said it feels like a pilgrimage of sorts. Um, He's just... At 37 years of age, I mean, if anybody loves and pours himself over scripture, it is is my husband. And so I can just imagine, it's just everything is coming to life. The stories, the moments, he's standing in the synagogues, like the very first synagogue where Jesus would have taught. Where he would have brought messages and he's just sitting there imagining like, Imagine if I was a bystander. Like he's having these incredible moments, and Colin is so amazing that they get to do that together, and they get to have these moments, and and be so inspired, and renewed, and refreshed, and so. You know, why don't you pray for them as they're there. They're there for another five days or something, not that I'm counting. And, uh, you know, they're going to have the most incredible, I believe it's going to be one of those, you know, a trip of their lifetime kind of trip. So pray for your pastors and believe that God does what he needs to do in their hearts and in their lives. But he's going to continue this series. But I'm going to kind of carry on from where we left off last weekend where I came and I brought a word around balconies and battlefields and how we have the choice where we live and where we, whether we can stay on the battlefield. You know, David, he was called to be a warrior. He was anointed to be a king, but he also was assigned uh, truly to be a warrior, to be on the front lines, to be alongside his mighty men. And he came into a season where he walked through some difficult things, and he just couldn't find himself on the battlefield in this season. He, instead, he chose to run away and hang out on a balcony, which, as we know, got him in a little bit of trouble. He saw Bathsheba bathing, and he took advantage of a woman that was one of his mighty men's wives, Uriah, one of... one of. One of the most incredible men on his team, actually. It wasn't just one of the guys. This was one of the men that he really relied upon, was close to. And he took advantage of his wife. When she, you know, when he came back from the front lines, her husband, uh, this is what happened. David discovered, Bathsheba called him and said, hey, listen, I'm with child. I'm pregnant. Like, and it is it is your child." Immediately David goes into you know solutions like what should I do? And this is what David does. you know one here's the thing is when we leave the place of our grace and we when we step back from where we are called to our, our post and we all have one, and so I'm not just I'm not talking ministry here if you're like, oh yeah, your post yeah you as a patent, no, no, let's just think about you and your post, but stay at home mom you as a as a married woman or a married man you know that is that's one of your posts is to be engaged and connected and committed and faithful in that marriage or maybe you're a studying student that is your post that is your season that's where you find yourself right now like i'm talking you know Big. Let's think big picture, big life picture, because often we think the post is the dream. It's the dream job. It's, it's, it's the calling. It's the God assignment, you know, like, that's my post. Now, I'm just, right now, what are some titles around your life? What are some graces God has given you? What are some relationships he's brought into your life that require commitment and you showing up? That's a post, okay? And in every one of those posts, there's a battle at staying there, at staying in your God assignment and in your God grace and your God calling, however you want to call it. But this is what happens is David goes, oh, gosh, okay, you're pregnant. Well, we got to deal with this. So I'm going to send Uriah. Again, he's hanging back. And he decides, it, it, it continues to make, he can." Basically, it's a string of bad decisions. One leads to the next to the next. When we step out of our God grace, it's not just like, okay, you know, you just stay where you are. No, if you're not consistently showing up to your life and pushing out the boundaries of your promise and continuing to advance and not retreat, you don't stay where you are when you step out. You begin to take steps away from. It's like you don't just stay in this no man's land, you know, this zone of like where life doesn't have, you step out of your calling and then nothing happens to you. It's like, no, no, you're gonna, you step out of God's grace. You start to have other options. Other things start to fill your time. Other people start to you know, hang out and you get around another group of people or you start making different kinds of decisions than the ones that you made over here. Because your vision, without vision, you cast off restraint. And so without your vision, without your calling in in mind and in scope, you start to just kind of take some steps back. And that's what happened to David. One led to the next. He goes, let's send Uriah, this woman, Bathsheba's husband, To the front lines where we know there's going to be some strong men on the other side that will take him out. So it's like my hands are clean. I'll just, we'll kill him. But my hands will be clean. And so that's what happens. Uriah gets, you know, basically slaughtered in this. It it said it was one of the hottest battles. And, you know, news gets back. He's done. We've dealt with him. Great. And uh, so this this is where David is okay he's very much not on the battlefield he's very much retreating he's very much moving away from the god destiny his identity who he is in god who we have known david to be i mean i love david and it's just like it's 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 honestly tough to read but it gets better and it it, it gets so beautiful because god is so kind and he is so gracious to take Every chapter of our story and turn it around and this is what happened so David okay Uriah dead so sad this is what Nathan I know let's move on okay we didn't, I mean who's Uriah anyway <laughs> just I'm just joking oh oh I know <laughs> don't hate me uh, but okay yeah so Nathan Nathan is a prophet at this time, and he's, he's a known prophet. He hears from God, and God speaks to Nathan and says, you need, it's like, I love God. I love what he's like, because he loves David. And he sees his son, like, floundering and making all of these really bad decisions. And he sees him moving away from his God assignment, and I believe the heart of God was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hunt you down, David. David. Like, I'm not going to let you do this to your life. I'm not going to let you throw away the anointing and the appointing. I mean, look at the journey. I'm not going to let you just throw it away with a couple bad decisions. So he says to Nathan, go to David and, and tell him what he has done. And in hope that it would turn his heart back to God. So Nathan comes to David and basically like knocks on his door and goes, all right, so David, he gives a little analogy. It goes right over David's head. He, and Nathan goes, I'm talking about you. You're that guy that you're like, you don't get it. Like, this is you. You're going astray. And what he does is he says, you've, you've slept with it. He just names it. He names it, but he doesn't shame it. But he names it. He goes, David, you slept with another man's wife that, you know, one of your mighty men. And then bloodshed, then you kill him. And then now, like she is with child, it's like, gosh, this is not going well. And he goes on to say, because of what you have done, this child that you have conceived in this place is going to become ill, and, and this child will pass away. And that's exactly what happens and when, when this is all going down, I, I just, I wish that I could jump into David's, you know, in his heart and in his head. And as I was reading him, I'm like, wow, what is this doing to the heart of David? Because he immediately, as Nathan comes to him and names all the things, David goes, what does he say? I want to say it perfectly because it's such a good response. He says that, gosh, where is it? Okay, yeah, he's basically, he says, like, I have sinned against God. Like, he's not concerned with all of the shame that's gonna come to his name and his household. He's like, I have sinned against the Lord, which is true repentance because Nathan is like, all of this is gonna go down in front of the sun and the moon and the stars and all of Israel. Like, they're all gonna see, you failed, okay? And David's response right after that is, Oh, gosh, God, you have seen. Like, I have sinned against the Lord. This is true repentance. It's not fear of man, not fear of what men would think about him, but it's the fear of I want to stay in the stronghold of the Lord, and I recognize I am out of it, and I want to be in his stronghold. I want to be right with God, and I have sinned against the Lord. And so you see the heart of David, the heart of David that we all know and love, it's like, oh, yeah, David. Like, I'm like, woo, I'm on the sidelines. Like, come on, like, come back to us, please. <laughs> we need your Psalms, you know. <laughs> and, and he starts to turn towards God. It's like this revelation hits him. And we can see into the heart of David. I love the Psalms because it, it gives us, like, it's not, it's not like an Instagram post where it's the curated, filtered version. Like, ha-ha, like I'm on the other side. This is what I've learned. No, the Psalms is like having access to somebody's journal entry in the middle of the storm. Like, as the stuff is hitting his life, he's got a pen and paper, and we can read it. And so, I love this. This this psalm in Psalm 51 is the psalm that he wrote right after Nathan comes to him and says, All this is going to go, you did all this stuff, this is going to go down and his confession comes, and he's repentant, but this is, this, this is what he writes to God, and I want us to lean into it because I believe that this process that David does with the Lord, we can actually lean into it and go, okay, so when I walk through some stuff, when I'm retreating, And when I'm isolating and when I'm tempted, taunted, or slightly moving away from my God assignment, I can turn to this because this is what brought David back. It's like this is his comeback. Like this is how he built himself back up in the Lord and found himself back on the battlefield. And I don't know about you, but I am not interested in hanging out for too long on a balcony when there's a battlefield waiting for me. My God assignment's waiting for me. The God promises across my life, come on, are waiting for you. We do not have time to be hanging out on balconies, making bad decisions, missing the mark. We need to be honest on target and know our season and be alive and awake to it okay and so let's lean into this it's so good I just picked out a couple things because it's long but this is the cry of his heart God give me mercy from your fountain of forgiveness this is maybe the first time that David has begun a conversation again with God because remember he had to hunt him down with a man Nathan so I, I believe there's been some time and travel between him and God. And he's finally coming, going, I need, I need mercy. As, as he comes to God, I need your fountain of forgiveness. I know your abundant love is enough to wash away my guilt. I love that. I know your abundant love. Like I've known it. I know, I know this love. I don't know why I've avoided it. I know your abundant love. I love that. He's not like, I think I know. He's like, no, I know. I know your abundant love, and I'm coming back. I need it again. Wash away my guilt because your compassion is so great. Take away the shameful guilt of sin. I know. Again, here's David. He's bringing his, you see? He's pulling his history with God, what he knows about God. That's what we ought to do in seasons where it's all happening. We got to go anchor ourselves. What do I know about God? What have I known about God? What have I experienced in God? And pull it into the frame and remind your soul. I know that you delight to set your truth deep in my spirit. So come, again, he's welcoming it. Come into the hidden places of my heart. Teach me wisdom. Satisfy me in your sweetness. And I I love this. And my song. And my song of joy will return. What do we know about David? He was a, he was a worshipper. He was brought in to you know help Saul with these tormenting spirits just by singing. Who knows how long? Probably till his fingers bled. Like, is it gone, Saul? Like, but he just he loved to sing. He loved to worship God, and this is telling me that he hasn't sang for for maybe quite a while and he's he's returning you see he's making this return he's here on the balcony and this is his return it's like I, my song's going to come back like it's going to come back i i see it i see it coming don't i just i don't know i'm so excited about this this word because i've i've been in these seasons where I've I've put down the instrument, whatever that is. I put down the thing that God put inside of me, and it's so beautiful when you do the work so that can return, so you can come back. The places within me you have crushed will rejoice in your healing touch. I love that, so beautiful. Create a new, clean heart. We know all. The, you know that song, created me a, a clean heart. But this is the context. Might sing it a little differently. Hey, let my passion for life be restored. Let my passion for life, <laughs> the battlefield. Come on, let my passion, let the thing that makes me wake up in the morning makes me want to put real pants on and fight the day, you know? You know, I like—I love my Lululemon pants, though, and I'm happy for days where I don't need to put real pants on. Okay. Let my passion for life be restored. Tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring me. Hold me close as you walk with me. He's just like, I want to I obey you. I want to I do life with you. I'm a willing spirit that obeys whatever you say. You see him stepping back in to the stronghold of God. It's like, I don't want to, I'm tired of this. I want to come back. Then I can show, I love this. Then I can show to other guilty ones the language is like, ooh. Then I can show to other guilty ones how loving and merciful you are. They will find their way back home to you just like I am. You see, his heart is just it's starting to turn now, not towards himself, but to others. He's going, oh, okay, now I can use this story this situation to help people knowing that you will forgive them oh god my saving god deliver me fully from every sin even the sin that brought blood guilt then my heart again he says i'm gonna sing (laughs) then my heart will once again be thrilled to sing the passionate songs of joy and deliverance lord god unlock my heart have you ever been there Where you feel like your heart, because of pain, because of the rejection, because of childhood trauma and things that have happened. Or maybe you happened to life. Life didn't happen to you. Maybe you happened to life. Some failures that you're responsible for, that you have not yet forgiven yourself. I don't know what it is, but we can get our hearts locked up and close it up and put it on a shelf. And, and this was David and he's like, no, 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 unlock it again. Open my heart so that I can use it again for praise. So I can use it again to bring you glory. And this is powerful for the source of your pleasure. The source of your pleasure is not in my performance or the sacrifices I might offer to you. The fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. Wow. Like, oh, God. You know, like, wow. What just, let's break this apart. There's so much gold in this. There is so much beauty, there is so much healing and process in this psalm that I want us to lean into, because I believe that God is inviting you into a very similar process with him. I believe that in the same way where David, finding himself in a balcony, finding himself in just... A Less than good. Less than what was his promise. Less than what was his grace. I believe some of us might resonate with that. Maybe not to the extent in the extreme. And this scripture is not just for people who have failed or in the sense of, you know, unfaithfulness towards a partner. Let's not read this like You know, this is the adulterous scripture. I believe this scripture can be for you and I if we've just avoided the presence of of the Holy Spirit. If we've avoided and evaded and gone, that's nice. I I know I have a Bible and it has all kinds of beautiful, powerful freedom truths for me to step into. But instead, I'm going to watch, what is that show on TV right now? Love is blind. Shame on all of you. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I watched it. And then I shut it off after about five episodes. Um, just got to be honest. But, you know, this scripture is just, it could be for like seasons where we've grown despondent from God. numb. we were numbing ourselves. We're avoiding God we're avoiding dealing with the stuff of our heart that are shattered and broken and we're turning to other things it's it's for it's for the everyday human experience okay and how we return and how we do the work of our heart and so i'm going to give you some keys from this psalm of how to how to win the war that no one is watching because that's what david does so well he does so well he's He's done it so well in his history, and he's doing it again. He's modeling it again, going, okay, God, you know my heart. Gosh, I need, to, I need to do some work. It's the battlefield of the heart. And the battlefield of the heart, if you do this battle well, if you win the war within, and if you overcome the, the war that nobody is watching, the truth is you will find yourself back on a battlefield. You will find yourself back at your post or... Maybe not back because you haven't truly left it, but you will be engaged again in a new and a fresh way, alive at your post, maybe. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're just a bit dormant at your post, and if you do this work of your heart, you'll unearth some things and address some things, and God will heal some things so that when you are in your place of appointing and anointing, you're going to be alive and awake, to God and to what He wants to do with you in that place, amen, okay, so David, what does he do well? One of the things he does really well is uh, he came out of hiding. He came out of hiding into honest connection and dialogue with God again, and maybe you're like, no, he didn't. Nathan hunted him down. he didn't come out like he didn't he didn't come out of hiding, but we see actually. Maybe Nathan, it wasn't more like Nathan persuaded David. Maybe it was more like Nathan just nudged him in the direction that David's heart already wanted to go. Because our desire, you're made for God. You're made by God for God. Okay, that is your human, that is, many people don't know that. But when you come to know Jesus and you receive him, You are like, whoa, I thought I was living. This is living now. And then you start to dance like a Pentecostal. (sighs) And you discover why you were alive and breathing, and purpose and vision starts to flood your being. And you're like, this is living, you know? David, David is like, he just needed a nudge because you see his response I have sinned against the Lord. So quick. It's like he just needed somebody to go, what are you doing? <laughs> like, have you ever heard your mom like, boom. Wake up. What are you doing? Like, come back, like get back in line. And you're like, oh, right. I don't know why I texted him again. <laughs> you know, you just needed that best friend to be like, remember. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah. But he said I looked good on Sunday. And for sure he was watching me worship. He misses me. He loves me. Like he doesn't want her. He wants me. He sees my surrender. (laughs) Sweater. (laughs) (laughs) That's vintage. No. Um, (laughs) But... You know, sometimes you so last year. Sometimes you need that. You need a Nathan. You need a Nathan in your life, like I need a Nathan, and his name is Caleb. I need somebody to just kind of like recalibrate me and just go, "Are you sure you want to keep going?" It's like mm. it's like right. I've sinned against. It's like you come back. You come quickly back into line. Back into the stronghold of God. And, and that's the heart of David. And he, so he came out, he did, he came out of hiding. He's like, right, I don't need this life. I need God. And he started to dialogue again like we saw. He started to have that honest conversation with God again. And I believe for you and I, we need to lean into that. If the team, you guys can join me now. That would be great. But we need to have honest dialogue. What do I mean by that? I'm already working on this with my kids at bedtime because we do, you know, we're doing that, the study, Sean Bowles, and a little wave in the air if all the parents in here are doing that book at nighttime, Growing Up with God, and it's helping us to have great conversation with our kids. And I said, you know, like, do we talk like God in a, to, to God in a British accent? You know, and Judah's like, no. I'm like, exactly. And, like, he wants you as you are. You don't need to come all professional, like, hello, Jesus, I love you so much. And you don't know what to do with your hands. It's like, no, calm down. He knows you. <laughs> he can handle it. It's, and I love Nathan. He's like, you slept with Bathsheba. You killed her husband. Your son's going to die. <laughs> you know, he, he just named it all. It's like like when I play hide and go seek with Rowan. I'm like, one, two, three, and I'm like peeking, and she's She's like, like, they don't know where to run. And then finally, they just kind of stop where they started, and she's on the ground, and instead of hiding, she's in plain sight, right in our lobby of our house, and she has her eyes covered, and she's lying there. And, I, and I'm standing there because I didn't move and neither did she. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, well, I found you. She's like, oh. And I, as I stood there just the other day, I was like, is that not what I probably look like with God? <laughs> I'm like, you can't see me. He's like, I can see you. I'm standing right here and you're right there. <laughs> It's like he he knows. He knows. Why are we so afraid to say it? Shame, a guilty conscience. But Jesus came to obliterate all that. I mean, he hung on that cross so that we can have this free access to his presence and come not with everything put together and, like, the mistakes, like, smudged out. He's like, no, bring it all. Bring everything, because I've already seen it. I was there. I I was there in the moment when it happened, and it broke my heart. If it broke your heart, you have to know it broke mine. It broke mine, too. And he's just like, I want access, because I know you're going to all these places. And yeah, you might not feel anything, but that is not the life I created you to have. I didn't create you so you can walk through this life numbed by entertainment, possibly medications that you take, and I'm careful to say that because I understand there are some cases and conditions and that sort of thing where thank God for doctors, thank God for medicine, thank God for really smart people who know how to help us, but we are in a highly medicated state right now. And I believe that this kind of work might be why. It might be because we're just not bringing the things, and that's not to underestimate the pain or the story. But I overestimate on God, because gosh, He's so good. And he truly can heal mind, body, soul, spirit. He does the whole thing. He's the heart surgeon. My heart needs a surgeon, okay? There's places that the presence of God can go that no doctor, nothing else can, okay? So David did this well. He pursued his own healing. He, he was on hot pursuit of it. He's like, just God, like, heal me, restore me. I know I've missed the mark, but truly I believe that your healing touch can can restore what has been crushed. What has been crushed? What has been crushed in your story? Is it the belief in yourself? Is it the belief in other people? That humanity is still, still good. It's like you're not sure. Jury's still out on that one. What's been crushed? Innocence. I don't know what it is but I believe that The Holy Spirit, he wants to walk through this room and put a hand on your shoulder to say, I'm here. I'm here, I want to do the journey. I want to do that journey. I want to heal what's been crushed. And he can, and he will. He's just that good. Create in me a clean heart. Create a new, Psalm 5110, create a new, clean heart within me. Did you know that the word used for create here, it takes us back to the first mention. There's that whole, the law of the first mention. If you want to know, you know, in scripture when a word is used, it's like, go back to the first time it was used. And so the first time that create was used, it was in Genesis 1. And it means to create from nothing. To create from nothing. And David knew he had no goodness without God placing it within him. David wanted, he didn't just want the old one, the heart that had been through the failure, the heart that bloodshed, the heart that was hiding from his calling and his assignment. He didn't just want, you know, God, would you just, you know, kind of shine it up for me. You know, take out those rough edges and soften it again and massage it again. You know, the prayer of David's heart actually was so much more audacious and it offends me actually and it inspires me and it challenges me because David's prayer in his healing journey with God was not take the old one and just make it better. No, his prayer was... God, I want, I want new creation heart. Like, I want, I want a new heart. Like, put in me a new and a fresh heart. I don't, I don't see you taking things and, you know, just making them a little bit better. No, like, when in the hand of God, he, he restores it to its original, original version. Like, he, I feel the Holy Spirit on this so much because we've swallowed the lie we've believed the lie that in the same way that in the natural you know we go and we fix up our cars and we do all these things and it's better but it's 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 never as good as it was when you took it off the lot you know your house and your walls don't look the same as when you first moved in. No matter how many holes you fill in it, you can tell there's been some damage. <laughs> there's been some life happened in these rooms and in these walls. No, we serve a God that goes, I'm not just going to take the old stuff and make it a little bit better. I'm going to give you a brand new heart. I'm going to restore you to a place of such restoration where you're going to be like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's like I'm I'm the original version of myself. It's like I'm fully myself. I'm I'm fully walking in all that God has called me to be. I am, I am living and breathing the full inheritance of God, because that's His desire for you. Is that you don't just walk, you know, with one leg like the other one's still broken, still shattered. But He's like, no, I'm gonna restore you to this beautiful place of complete restoration, because that's what that's the kind of God that I am, and that's the kind of God that we serve. Amen, come on, amen, 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 amen. it's like, I'm like, say amen, because I agree, we must join our faith, okay, this is, this is the word, the word goes out, and we go, and we meet it, with faith, okay, I'm just a little bit tired of being entertained by the word of God. I'm just a little bit tired of being uh, just like wowed by the person who's delivering the Word of God. No, I want to be so impacted by the power of the Word of God that when it goes out, I join it. And I go yes and amen. Yes and amen. Let it be. Let it be done in me. on your side and take a seat. Come on, I feel like, my, like, did we just go down south? What is happening? No, 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 it's so good. I feel it. I feel, I feel your faith. You know, Jesus, he responds to it, doesn't he? He responds to faith. He feels it. The woman who comes out of her house After years of battling that issue of blood, the woman with the issue. I I love how they talk about her because I think that can be our label. The guy with the issue, the woman with the issue. But when she comes out and she meets Jesus and she grabs his robe, who touched me, immediately it says that the power of God his healing power went out and restored her at the touch this is this is our this is our part to play but you won't come out of the house and you won't come out of hiding in isolation and off the balcony if you think well I'm too far gone I've messed it up too bad not me, I mean her, but not or him, but not me. But no, this woman, no matter the labels, no matter the shame, no matter what was said about her in her village, she's like, I'm coming out. Jesus is in town. I'm coming out. I'm gonna find him. I'm gonna touch him. I'm gonna get my healing. There was a desperation in her heart. And we see it in David. He's like, oh gosh, Jesus, I need your touch again. I need your touch. I can't go a day without it. I can't go a moment without it. You know, he picked up his instrument again, number four, or number three, sorry, he picked up. He picked up his instrument again. But it's interesting, the order of things. Very, very important. The the order of his process with God. It's like he started going, I need your mercy. Like it's been a while. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. And then he's like, I invite you, come on, look in again. I'm, I'm back, I'm back to this. I'm under the x-ray machine. How am I doing? What's going on? My heart needs a surgeon. He did some work. Heal me, restore me, redeem me, bring me back, bring the song back. He began to, to do this inner healing, true inner healing with the Lord. And then, and then his prayer began to change from the battlefield of the heart to going, I, I've got to sing. Well, now I've got to sing. Now I've got to find a song. And that's what happens, doesn't it? When you do the work of the heart, when you, when you win the war that no one is watching, You begin to uh, bring—there's like a a spring, like a bubbling up that happens that you can't contain. It's like, oh gosh, I've got to go out there. I've got to go back to the battlefield. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I don't want to go back because when I was there, I got hurt. And I don't know if I wanna go back, but it's like I can't contain the joy. I can't contain the healing. I can't contain what I've learned in God. I can't contain this story. I can't contain my testimony. I've gotta share it. I've gotta get back out there. And you see David, the worshiper, who was not worshiping. David, the singer, the psalmist, the poet. He began to sing again. And we don't know how long he wasn't singing. Was it years, was it months? It had to be a period of time. It had to be a significant period of time because you see his excitement. He's like, my heart will once again be thrilled to sing. What is the thing? What is your instrument? Maybe you don't resonate with David's instrument, maybe singing and songwriting and poetry and all of that, you're like, whoo that's not me." Is it numbers? Is it is it business? Is it entrepreneurialship? Are you a, are you a dreamer? Are you a visionary? Are you like, put me at a table with visionaries. I I, I love dreaming up ideas. I love creating. Maybe graphic designer. Maybe you love learning and you're in school right now. Or maybe, I don't know what it is. What is your instrument? What is the thing? that? What is the gifting? We're talking now not about hard stuff. We're talking about this stuff, the fruit that's gonna spill out and out of your life that the world needs. The world needs your song. The world needs your business idea. The world needs your creative solutions to whatever it is that you're passionate about. The world needs the message. Possibly there's communication, there's something with public speaking, or there's, you know, you're passionate about women, or you're passionate about seeing those who have been, you know, looked over and forgotten or young people, you're like, I want to see a generation rise up. I want to see our high schools one for Jesus. I want to see, you know, bullying bow to the name of Jesus. I don't know what it is that makes you get out of bed in the morning, but maybe you stop picking it up because your heart was so locked up. But I see it. I see it. I see it in the Spirit. I see just instruments falling on you, landing in your lap with like a letter, like the choice is yours. This is yours to hold. It's your sword to wield. It's your instrument to use. It's your mouth to speak. But will you do the work of the heart? Will you will you navigate and wade into these waters that you have yet to wade into? Will you trust me with your heart? Will you trust me with this battlefield? Because I've got a battlefield and it's so good. You're going to love doing it. You're going to love being in it. You're going to feel so alive. But I am more invested in your heart, in you as a man, in you as a woman. I am more invested in you than I am even in the gift and the talent and the calling. I will not put it on you. I will not put it in your hand until I know you can sustain what I wanna put on you. So I've gotta put something in you before I put something on you. So that's there, it's like what God has put in you and on you, it's, it's, it's like, it's yours to take. But I don't know if your prayer is like mine. It's like, God, don't give it to me until it's time. Until you've done the work. We're going to do a little bit of work here this morning. First, I'm going to just extend an invitation. The most incredible invitation. Caleb and I, Colin, whoever it is, Ellie or Dan or Toby, wherever we find ourselves, whether we're 1825, youth, all the beautiful gatherings, connect group, here on a Sunday morning, wherever we find ourselves gathering as this family gathers, we gather in so many ways, one of my, the only thing that I love to do the most is to just connect you to this life-giving friendship and relationship with Jesus that I'm talking about. And I love our example in scripture. I love that we don't have like the picture perfect people of the planet in scripture. We have people like David. We have people like David who like high highs, low lows, okay, how refreshing. But what is consistent, I mean I relate to that, high highs, low lows and everything in between But what's consistent and incredible about the people of the Bible and the people who are all of us who are still walking out the Word of God, okay, is they were just so dependent on a Savior. They were so dependent on Jesus. They understood, I need, I need Jesus. You see them coming back just like David came back and returned back to God. He's like, I'm back. I'm back in the stronghold of God. I stepped out. It's not good out there. It's better It's better with you, Jesus. That opportunity is here for you this morning. If we can just bring the lights down. If that's you in this place, if you're like, I've been going it alone. I've been doing life over here. I've never actually known that there is a Savior, that there is a God, that his name is Jesus, and that he wants to do life with me. You know, I believe in this place in the same way that somebody like Nathan just came after David, said, David, David, come to God, come back to God. I'm here this morning with the same charge to you, an invitation to you to say, hey, I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you find yourself right now in your story. What is your season? You know where you are with God. Nobody can find you with God. You know where you are with God. And there isn't often a time where we think about eternity. Life, it's so temporary. It's all about the here and now and the right now. But scripture says to teach us to number our days. Teach me to number my days so I might gain a heart of wisdom. You know, right now. We don't know what we have tomorrow. We don't know what's waiting for us next week. But right now, there is an invitation here for you to say yes to Jesus. To say yes to Jesus, to invite him to say, would you come? Would you, would you like David, would you invade the hidden places of my heart? And come and make yourself at home in my heart. I'm tired of doing life alone. I want I want to do life with you. If that's you in this place with everyone who knows Jesus, who knows his saving beautiful grace. Why don't you pray? If you're in this place and you and you're saying that is that is me. I want to know him like that. I want to do life with him like that. I want to be able to talk to the living God. Like David talked to the living God. I want that access. Well, you can have You have access. All you need to do is say yes and receive Jesus. He did everything so in this moment you can have right standing with God. When he hung on that cross and he said, it is finished. The striving stopped. The having to have it all together stopped. And all we need to do is say yes and invite him in. Again, if that's you in this place, why don't you throw up your hand and you can put it right back down. But we're going to pray together so good all across it's amazing amazing all right church why don't you stand up to your feet I feel like this kind of prayer you don't say sitting down it's a moment it's historic for some it's the very first time for others it will be a reminder of uh, where you began with God so why don't we all say together and if you can just stay where you are just to honor the moment to honor what God is doing that this is significant that it's so significant why don't you say after me say thank you Jesus that you love me that you've pursued me that you want to do life with me that you want to be my very best friend I invite you in come into my heart rearrange some things restore some things heal me free me, thank you, I love you Jesus, amen, 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 (laughs) so good. What's the actual time? I just need to see it, I need all the information, 1136, okay, so we'll do, if you're up for it, I would love to do a little bit of heart work. At first, I have, is Hayden Goodridge in the room? Where is he at? There you are. Of course, you're walking around helping people. Why don't you just stand somewhere so I can talk to you? (laughs) Okay. Um, So you have been on my heart for a long time. The first time... I felt like a nudge from the Holy Spirit about you was at Town Shoes in Bayshore. I ran into you, and I believe you're going back to Bethel, or you, yeah, like you had a little bit more time, yeah, and you were talking about a girl, yeah, and that girl is here, right? Where are you at, Em? Okay, there you are, Aww. How fitting that you're on the platform. <laughs> But you two, there is something so um, significant on your lives, and I get, like, emotional. Um, in Proverbs 28, it says, like, it's a charge. It says, you know, the wicked flee, and no one pursuits, and this is your part, because that's not you or you. <laughs> um, but it says, the righteous are bold as lions are bold as lions, and I see that on your life, Hayden. I see this this spirit. I don't know. I'm like going back a little bit in your childhood where there was a season of insecurity, and wondering, and feeling a bit maybe overlooked or just a bit shaken, a bit shaken. And I believe that you've done such an incredible journey with God, and you've you've committed to God in such a way where you're like, I'm gonna. I'm going to address these things. Like I'm going to I'm going to overcome these things. And he's done such an incredible work at your time in California in Redding at Bethel School because you spent a couple of years there. One year there. And in that year it was a significant period of time where he put in to you. It was like he packed you like with salt. <laughs> or he packed you with flavoring and he packed you with truth and He restored you, and I believe that as you've come to this actual landmass, there was a time where Havilah Cunnington brought a word to Canada, and you were in the room. It was April 28, 2017, or something like that. I have it on my phone. That's why I know, But um, because Brock sent it to me. And when I listened to that word, I saw you. I know she was declaring it over two other individuals in the room, but it was all about... um, like a young adults movement that was going to break out across our nation like it was going to go from coast to coast and that it was going to be a movement like a miraculous like a like a like a almost an explosion of sorts that would go across our nation and i listened to it again and i felt the spirit of god say put that word on hayden because as he was in the room witnessing this word It was like you had to be in the room, you had to witness it, you felt to record it, you felt to take the moment, it was significant to you because I believe that there is something on you in this season, at this time, there is a message in your gut that this city needs and that this nation needs. And it's a confidence, it's like a confidence <laughs> that you carry. It's like you were shaken at your core in those younger years. But I believe it's part of the message that you're gonna bring to so many people because you're gonna minister from a place of understanding what that feels like. But you're gonna minister from the other side of freedom, healing, confidence, understanding who and whose you are, like an identity that is so strong. I see you like steel in the spirit. There's like a steel-like spirit, bold as lions. Why don't you just put your hands towards Hayden if you're comfortable with that. If you're around him, come around him. And if you're around Emily, why don't you just like grab her, hug her, okay? Because you guys are really special. You're special. And I feel like that is, if just just for this moment, it's to remind you of what God has said to you, what he has put in you, what he's put on you, to no longer underestimate it, okay? Do not underestimate what you carry. Never underestimate it. Let this forever be a reminder that God sees you, he loves you, there is a specific anointing on the two of you, your partnership, wherever that goes in Jesus' name. It's gonna be powerful in the kingdom like power couples in Hollywood, have nothing on you guys. Have nothing on you guys. All right, in Jesus' name, we just, would you seal this word in their heart? Would you just, in this moment, Holy Spirit, would this forever be a marking moment? Almost like a, kind of like when Elijah came and threw, you know, his anointing on Elisha and he threw it on him and he walked away and he gave him the choice. Like, it's up to you. I see this moment as like, there's an anointing on you. You know it. God has shown you, he's declared it in secret, but this is a moment, it's a public moment, specifically public moment because of the time and the season and because God wants to honor the work of the unseen places. He just wants to highlight you this morning And it's almost like, it's like a consecration. It's ascending out. It's like, go out. It's an invitation to go out into the world and to bring what is on you and in you and to trust him, to trust him that he'll do it. He'll do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good. So good. All right. We're going to collectively have a little moment together. Um, and I'll just grab a Bible. We do have these Bibles. If you made that decision here this morning, I love you so much, Hayden. Love you, Em. Love you guys. But if you made that decision, we've got one of these few teams going to come on by. But you know, whenever I was talking about restoring your heart, not just making it a little bit better, but a clean heart, and a whole new heart, did, did anyone go, oh. Could that be true? Well, you know what? We're just going to throw up our faith and hope that it joins God. <laughs> and if, you're, if, you're just, if you have enough faith within you, even it says as tiny, tiny, tiny as a mustard seed. He's like, I'll work with that. I'll work with that so that should be all of us okay so we're just gonna pray here in this room and invite the holy spirit and this is the beginning this is gonna begin something so if you put your hands in the air you better think about it because if you're gonna invite him to come into these hidden places of your heart he's gonna begin to do a little bit of work but remember his love his grace his mercy. It's not going to be hard, okay? It's going to be a beautiful work. It's going to be so beautiful. So why don't you just begin in your own way. Just invite him. You don't have to sound fancy. Just Holy Spirit, I invite you. I invite you. Would you look in my heart? My desire is to just I don't wanna just have a heart that's kinda put back together, but I I believe you. I believe your word, I choose to believe your word. I know my story and I know it's complex and there's been a lot that's happened to me and I've happened to life, but gosh, I, I believe that if your word says that you can create in me a clean heart, that you can create, that you can bring back to original intention kind of heart, You know, before the the stuff hit my life, before all hell broke out, I choose to trust you in that process. And I choose in this moment, come on, why don't you just say begin. I will begin. I will begin this process of of, of battling it out in secret. I, I choose to begin to win the war within. Just come on, welcome him into this process. It begins now. But it's going to be a journey but we're all here and we're all up for it and so god i just pray a blessing holy spirit would you meet our house in our kitchens would you meet our house in our bathrooms in our living rooms around our kitchen tables would you meet us in cafes in the the center of our city to the suburbs of our city to wherever we go on airplanes wherever we find ourselves We welcome you into this process of healing, of restoration. We cannot do it alone. We need you. We're dependent on you. We need you, God, to step in to our original version of ourselves that you created us to be. And I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray, Holy Spirit, for an intimacy with the Father that we have not yet known. Come on, would that be your prayer? I wanna know you. I wanna know you, Father, I wanna know. I wanna know all that you have for me. I wanna be like that woman with the issue of blood. I'm not gonna stay in my house believing the lie that I'm I'm stuck with this condition or I'm stuck with this brokenness or I just need to get used to this limp. No, no, no. We choose to come out of hiding, out of isolation, out of shame, out of our guilt, out of our failure. And we choose to throw ourselves on the mercy of Jesus and trust that you can and you will create in me and in us a clean and a new heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on. We hope this message blessed and encouraged you. To find out more about our church, visit MyChurchCanada.com.